I think this is in the right order. Um, I didn't number them, so if it's modelled up, just ignore that. <laughs> is that in the right order? <laughs> I just want to make sure. Yeah, it is. We're good. Um, in this passage, the one thing that I can see throughout is the idea of transformation and how Jesus can transform our lives. So I'm going to go through and highlight the transformations that happen in each of the different characters. So the most obvious character we see transformed in the passage is the lame man. This transformation is so clear and impressive, it immediately highlights the power of Jesus. This man was poor, he was the bottom of society, he even had to be carried around by others, giving him a loss of independence, especially in the society he lived in. People recognised him as the lame man. His identity was in his disability, and that was who he was. In this passage, he isn't even named. This man knew his needs and would ask for money. One day, he asked two men if they had any money. They looked right at him and said they didn't. But then, instead of getting what he asked for, he received a much better gift, being healed by Jesus through Peter. This physical transformation was incredible and instant. In verse 8, it says, He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. This healing was completely full. Not only was he walking on his legs, but he was jumping. In verse 2, it says the man was lame from birth. It usually takes babies over a year to walk, even longer sometimes, and yet... This man, healed by Jesus, could not only walk, but jump seconds after he could move his legs for the first time. That is remarkable. Jesus has the power to physically heal us. He can still mend our bodies. He's never stopped. How amazing is that? How amazing is he? As we've just sung, holy, there is no one like him. There is none beside him. The next two characters we see a transformation in are Peter and John. The first thing we learn is that they are on their way to pray in the temple. They have an active prayer life because they realise its importance. They knew Jesus personally when he was on earth and yet they still kept that relationship up. They wanted to know him better. They knew that there would always be more to learn about and from him. Also, they must have been really good friends with him and they must have enjoyed his company. I know that when I spend time with Jesus, I feel a lot calmer and more at peace with the situations I'm in. But ultimately, they realised how incredible and important it was talking to Jesus through prayer. Prayer is transformative. It changes us. When we give our time to Jesus, the Holy Spirit works in us and in our lives. This simple act of talking to him is transformative. This dedicated, routinely prayer life set up the things that happened in this chapter. That was the foundation of the faith they show. 
it can be so hard to make time for prayer and reading our Bibles regularly. I, for one, really struggle with that, especially in our busy lives. But actually, how can we expect Jesus to work through us when we don't make time for him? I wouldn't let someone I didn't personally know do something with me, and it's the same with Jesus. When we are talking to Jesus often and letting him into our entire lives, that is when our lives start to transform. I know that when I'm with friends, I start picking up phrases they say. So when I'm with my friend Josie, I say, golly me, a lot. And it's the same with us and God. Um, the more time we spend with him and his word, the Bible, the more we start to act like him. So they went to the temple and outside the gate they saw a beggar and they didn't ignore him or pretend he didn't exist. They looked directly at him. Often we avert our eyes to things that we don't want to think about. And that can be spiritual as well. Averting our eyes to friends and family that don't know Jesus when we know full well they need him. Averting our eyes to bad situations or averting our eyes to Jesus himself. Not letting him into every aspect of our lives. We need to look at the places that need Jesus. We need to be bold in what we believe and not shy away so that we can bring Jesus' transformative power to them. Peter and John weren't perfect though. These bold lives they led were from their own transformations. We know that Peter faced doubt. In Matthew 14, he tried to walk on water, but after a while he got scared. He doubted and started to sink. He also felt ashamed of being a follower of Jesus at times. In Luke 22, he denied even knowing Jesus three times. Peter's life transformed. Before, he doubted and wasn't totally confident in his faith and Jesus' power. He didn't want to stand out in the crowd or be called out for being different. <clears throat> but in this story, he has been transformed by Jesus. He was actively telling people about him without any regard for his personal status. This transformation was both gradual as he became more certain of his faith and it was also one that happened quickly, just like the lame man. At Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came into the hearts of the disciples, helping and guiding them in their lives. This same Spirit is in all Christians today, giving strength and courage. This transformed Peter. He was now able to look directly at the man, and he even took him by the hand. He lowered himself physically and socially to help someone in need. Again, Peter was not ashamed. He did not shy away because he knew the power Jesus had. Despite being materially poor, he knew Jesus' worth. He knew the change that could happen, and now he wanted to share that with someone, and he was expectant. Peter and John didn't just hope or pray that Jesus would move. They knew. They expected him to, and he did. When we let go of our doubt, God can do incredible, transformative things if our lives are first transformed. Peter and John knew Jesus through their prayer. They knew his character, they knew his heart and that he would deliver. They were bold and unashamed. They took no credit for what happened. 
In verse six, Peter says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. The glory and praise was always for Jesus before the man was even healed. The next group of people are the onlookers. And after they were shocked and couldn't believe what happened, Peter is genuinely taken aback and confused as to why they were amazed. Do they not know the power of Jesus, the one that was raised to life? Peter is so bold, and he isn't scared to acknowledge who actually did this and where the power lies. I don't know about you, but I identify a lot with the onlookers. I know that I haven't been expectant. I've doubted and not assumed God's power. In this passage, it says that the onlookers recognized the man. They could see the utter transformation that he had, and they couldn't believe it. It says they were filled with wonder and amazement. They didn't assume it was Jesus who did this. They were confused and astonished. You might think this is a good thing, as it shows how incredible and mighty God is, but no, we should anticipate this. We should be praying into this and then have conviction that it will happen. The last and always the most important character is Jesus. Jesus Christ means the Lord is salvation, anointed one, Messiah. That is quite a title, and Jesus' power comes from his death. Jesus' physical transformation of being killed on a cross and then coming back to life gives everyone else in this story the, um, the ability to transform including us, and for him to transform lives through us. Jesus dying on the cross meant that our sins are forgiven if we just ask. All the bad and wrong things we do in our lives are wiped clean because Jesus died in our place. As it says in Romans 6:23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Through him dying for us, we can be transformed and have new, full lives in him because death is no longer the end. Then, when our lives have been transformed, we should want to spread the joy that we have now that Jesus is a part of our lives. Jesus can work through anyone, and we should want him to use us. Jesus has transformed my life. I personally haven't had a physical healing, but emotionally and spiritually, my life has changed. The knowledge that Jesus loves me and that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord, as it says in Romans 8, 38 to 39. The knowledge of that powerful love transforms my life every day because I know that the same God who can heal instantly cares about me and has a plan for my life and a plan to transform others' lives. Maybe you feel like the onlookers. Maybe it feels like Jesus hasn't transformed your life. Maybe you don't know Jesus. You haven't experienced his power and ability to transform. Maybe you're curious, but not quite ready to commit yet. If that's you, then as Sarah and Karina mentioned, 
alpha runs here and it's just a safe space to explore what you believe and hear more about Jesus. And um, as Sarah and Karina said, it's on Mon starts on Monday and not too late to sign up. <laughs> or, or maybe Jesus has transformed your life. Maybe you want to be like Peter and John. You want Jesus to transform lives through you. Jesus is alive and powerful, and he wants to work through you. You just have to ask and make time for him. He wants to know you. He wants to use you. If you have a friend or family member that you want to know Jesus, but you're not too sure what to do, tonight, I encourage you to text them, just asking if they might want to come to Alpha or a service. God will do the rest. You just have to ask. Um, so I'm going to invite the band up as we respond and reflect. Um, let's stand um, as we listen to what God has to say to us. Um, we're going to have a time of prayer now. And um, our prayer team are going to come up to the front. So if you're one of the people I just described, if you don't know Jesus, but you want to know him, Maybe you haven't experienced his love and transformative power, but you want to. You're curious about Jesus. Or you don't know Jesus, but you want to go deep. Or you do know Jesus, but you want to go deeper. You want Jesus to work through you. You want him to use you. If either of those two options are you, then I invite you to come up for prayer. Because as I've just mentioned, prayer is transformative and important. And having someone support you through that is really helpful. Um, I'm just going to pray for us now. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for your power and ability to transform lives. I pray this evening that we would have open hearts to hear from you and to respond. I pray for transformation of the people here. And I pray that those who aren't sure would have the confidence to come up and ask for prayer. I thank you for all you've done in our lives, but I pray for more transformation and that would, you would use us and transform lives through us. Amen. <laughs>